0: All right, let's get into this edition of the general manager podcast. My name is Aaron Thomas, aka native Seahawk. You can find me on Twitter. And yeah, it's been a week, almost a a full week, uh, since the NFL draft and transaction. John did his thing getting all the guys that he thinks he needs. And I think at the end of the day, when you take a look at this entire roster, you're going to say to yourself, well, this kind of reminds me of 2013, <laughs> you know, 2012, we, uh, you know, got to the, to the playoffs and we ended up losing to Atlanta and that off season was really, really transitional for this team. They were able to pick up some good guys in the draft, but also uh, be able to get some great defensive linemen, Cliff Averill and Michael Bennett came to Seattle and this is kind of how it's going to play out i think in the next 7 days as may 7th deadline is coming up next week and uh we'll see what cl does i'm pretty sure they're going to sign at least two defensive linemen a lot of us want endomiconsu and uh, ziggy ansah but you know i think uh John clayton is definitely saying no to the Indomitian Sioux idea just because he thinks that he will not play or even practice to the standards that the rest of the team have to do throughout the, the practices and will play only, only will play hard when there's incentives. And he says, you don't want to do that when you have such a young team. And I, I hear what he's saying. I, I, I somewhat agree with that. But a few podcasts ago, I was talking about the idea that endometric and Sue This could be his last contract. This could be it for him. Uh, At least maybe the one-year deal that Seattle could get for him or to him. Uh, This could be the the prove-it deal that he needs to then uh, leverage this one year into something like a two- or three-year deal somewhere else. So I think the incentives will be there. I don't think that you sign him for more than one year. I think that's where he'll slough off for most of the season until it really counts. So given that fact, I do hear what John Clayton is saying. You do, as a general manager, you wanna make sure your team is sound, that you have uh, guys pulling their weight, whether you're a veteran or a rookie. And speaking of rookies, we're literally in day two of the mini camp for rookies today. And by all accounts and purposes, Some of the the guys that Seattle got flashed, including DK Metcalf, he flashed pretty well, I guess, according to multiple sources. You had a lot of folks saying that uh, Pete Carroll was really, really happy with uh, uh, DK Metcalf's feet and the fact that when you draft somebody that big and that tall, usually their feet are not that quick. But according to Pete Carroll they're lightning quick so uh, that's good news when I was watching some of the really good uh, clips of video clips of people's uh, you know showing DK Metcalf and some of the drills that he had it, and it's true the the routes that he's doing the the drills that he's doing for route taking is definitely there uh, my only concern is that when he kind of goes to a uh, like a 90 degree cut, I kind of get like a little nervous for him because he is so big and he is so fast that I'm really concerned that it's possible that he, he really hurts a knee trying to go into a cut. And so I don't know how that's going to go for him as a big dude. I know Calvin Johnson uh Megatron played uh with you know that kind of stature throughout the his uh his career didn't get too many injuries until near the end of his career. So who knows? We'll see if DK will continue to, you know, make sure he's training, make sure that he's all set to go for the year. <clears throat> and so as we go along, minicamp and, and rookie minicamp, you know, there's been a couple of guys that weren't going to be uh, practicing this weekend, including uh, Gary Jennings. I always want to say Greg Jennings because he, <laughs> he looks just like the, the old wide receiver from the Green Bay Packers uh, just his stature and the way that he runs and catches. Um, I'm really going to be excited to see him when uh, the actual camp comes around this summer. So we'll see how it goes. You know, again, it, it was just great to see our guys all padded up, our rookies out there and, you know, going through the drills and, you know, all, all at the VMAC in Renton. And if you've ever been to the V Mac in Renton, it is just like one of the most beautiful most serene places you can find, you know it's short of of, you know going to the Clink, <laughs> where it's really raucous, but it's kind of like our church, right? And I, I really recommend if you get to go to training camp this summer to do it. And if somebody offers you a ticket, or if they say, "Hey, do you want to come with me? I'll buy them." Us season ticket holders get first dibs on uh, training camp tickets. Go, go do it. Go enjoy it. It, if you want to get signatures or autographs, you got to get there like at dark 30 and stand in line for three or four plus hours. And uh, we'll get into that as we get closer to training camp and some kind of you know tools and tricks and tips. I've been going to training camp since 2006. And I, I've, I really, really remember the year that Pete Carroll got there because the year prior, Was Coach Mora and he liked it really quiet. Like there was no DJ. There was nothing, you know, no music at all. And you can hear the whistles from the, you know, the coaches, the coaching staff blowing their whistles throughout the field. And that's pretty much it. (laughs) The following, there was probably like maybe 200 people there and we were all season ticket holders. That's the only ones that got to go plus our guests. Well, the next year I get to uh, the VMAC and it's like I could hear the music like from, you know, the parking lot. And I'm going, Oh my gosh, this is different. (laughs) And I get in there and it's just exactly the way it's been, uh, since the arrival of Pete Carroll and John Schneider, just a, a big, big party. Uh, DJ is out there just, you know, playing the ones and the twos. You got, you know, all kinds of people probably. 2,000 people I think is what they estimate or 3,000 depending on the day and yeah it's a fun fun experience I really recommend if you get a chance to get to the VMAC go do it and it, it's fun it's, it takes most of the day you're usually done about twelve thirty or 1 and if you're lucky and you got uh, up to the fence uh, and you get a couple of signatures I have a whole 12th man flag that's got like from Jimmy Graham to Russell Wilson to all kinds of guys, Cliff Averill, Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, not to brag, not not trying to flex my muscles over here, but <laughs> I really, really encourage you to go. It's just a fun time. But again, we'll get into details more about training camp as we get into July. All right. So, you know, again, the next uh, few days, uh, the other things that came up with was Jermaine uh, of and the fact that he is not gonna be optioned his fifth year. And Coach Carroll was pretty explicit about that today or yesterday on Friday, talking about the fact that just because they didn't option Jermaine Effetti doesn't mean that they're gonna not sign him to a long term extension. And I think they needed a one more year. I think there's two things going on there, and I, and I, and I predicted a week ago that they would pick up the option. But I think what I was really trying to say is I think that he's going to continue to be with the team, just not at that eight to ten million dollar a year rate that would have kicked in had they chose to option him. And I think what what's going to happen is they're going to. You know wait till probably mid to late season at the earliest to get him into a long term deal a two or three year deal and i and I say they're going to give' them into a deal because there's just not a lot of inventory there's not a lot of uh left or right tackles out there that can transition and play starting right tackle now if a Fede goes down and you know Jones kicks in Jamarco Jones or or uh simmons maybe get kicks out to the right tackle and or fant i mean of course we've still got fant you know any one of those guys could fill in and you never know maybe they do better than a fetty and they were wise not to pick up a fetty's option and maybe sign him to a you know a, a mid average or an average deal than a you know a big deal uh, or mega deal for a fetty so Or a max deal, I should say. So it's, it will be interesting to see what happens. It it was good on, on John Schneider to not pick up the option, but good on Carol to say, you know, we still see a Fetty as a, a part of the team. And I agree. They've done a good job of, you know, drafting a Fetty and developing him and, and going through the patience it takes to, uh, you know, develop a player like Effetti who uh, early on in his career had t- terrible timing issues and was false starting quite a bit and and then, uh, in, you know, trying to compensate for the, the lack of timing and ended up holding quite a g- bunch of guys his first few years. And so with Mike Solari there, they're really doing a good job of trying to, you know, make sure that they solidify that offensive line. And Effetti, I think, is a big part of that. But we'll see. I mean, even if he, if he provides depth for you, let's say Fant does become the right tackle. You got a Fetty who's got experience inside at a guard position and outside. So you want a guy like a Fetty on your team. You've already invested lots of time in developing him. Why should somebody else reap the benefits? And I think the Seahawks have learned with like James Carpenter what, what, what they should do. I mean, they let Carpenter go. Now, granted, back in those days, Carpenter was oft injured, and uh, wasn't as healthy. And you know, Nofetti's been staying healthy, so for the most part. And so you you learn from that. You say, okay, we probably should have kept Carpenter. You know, signed him to a long term deal, uh, given given him maybe a little bit more guaranteed money, so it would entice him to stay. Uh, now Carpenter has done a good job uh, out there in you know getting signed by several teams over the last few years. But, you know, at the end of the day, there isn't a, a, a large supply of big offensive tackles and you've already got one in camp. So let's go ahead and keep on to them for at least another two or three more years. So the that's see what they do. Well, I'm thankful again that they didn't pick up the option on Effetti. In other news, you know, as we continue on. You look at, uh, you know, the off season and for me, I, I get a little worried about the, the guys when, you know, especially the rookies, you know, they're, they're brand new. They, they got to experience camp and, you know, all the, the spotlight and the, you know, the press conference afterwards. I worry that they're going to go and do something stupid between now and July or in June when they have one more, um, mini camp but again we just kind of collectively hold our breath and hope that they they uh continue on and and don't do uh stupid stuff but you know i think about the same thing with the veterans you know and i'm thankful that we've got some pretty good uh, level-headed veterans that aren't there you know doing that i don't know if you guys remember but even like just a few years ago it felt like like sherman and and cam and the rest of the guys were you know every time they would travel it just seemed like they were like out the night before, like they were at the bars, you know, experiencing Indianapolis when they played the Colts. And, you know, their first half of their the game was always like really sluggish. And then it wasn't until after halftime that they would kick in and we were looking at each other like, Man, are these guys like partying the night before? You know, I mean what kind of guys do we have here? And thankfully I think that was back in two thousand twelve is when I was really thinking that And then they got serious in 13, and, of course, they won uh, the Super Bowl. And then, uh, you know, you never really heard that or felt that way after that. But you got a new crop of guys in. You got a whole new set of uh, of team that I think is probably one of the deepest teams that Seattle's ever had, Um, even including the 2013 season. It's going to get deeper uh, with this third wave of free agency, and I tweeted out uh, the, a couple days ago, or maybe even yesterday, the idea that with this crop of wide receivers that the Seahawks got, not only in the draft, but also the undrafted guys that are coming in, it's going to be one of the most highly contested and competitive uh, roster spots on the Seahawks team, which is good news because I think a lot of us can agree that for the last two or three years, you know, short of Baldwin and Lockett, it really felt felt like a kind of an average, you know, uh wide receiver uh room with David Moore and um, you know, uh Jerron Brown. You know, you just didn't really get these guys that I think were hungry. I mean, they showed flashes. David Moore showed flashes of brilliance, but nothing consistent. And And what I've been really hoping for, no matter what Seattle does in the offseason to solidify that wide receiver room, that, you know, the $140 million man himself, Russell Wilson, takes these young guys under his wing. You know, he is a seasoned veteran, top three player in the NFL now, and literally creates that bond with them. Things that, you know, quarterbacks have been doing this for, for for a long time, being able to create that bond with their top targets, and I think uh, the Seahawks and, the, and Russell Wilson have a really good opportunity to do that. And not only them, but uh, you know, Will Disley and and the tight end room. Um, I think that would be really really beneficial for the passing game, which you know a lot of people are like, man, I don't know why Seattle even cares about you know signing. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson to that extension when they don't even throw. Well, you got to remember that this offensive scheme is dedicated to the run and it's dedicated to the explosive passing plays, why they went out and got DK Metcalf, why they went out and got Jennings, why they, uh, you know, they needed to surround Russell Wilson with more than just Tyler Lockett that can go downfield and get you that 20 plus yard uh, offensive passing play. And, you know, the run, run, deep pass, run, deep pass, run. I mean, that's really what we're talking about here. And what Seattle wants to do is to maximize those, those, those high-powered wide receivers that can get downfield. And what I really want to see is is uh, Russell Wilson develop that, that jump ball that he can throw to DK Metcalf. If he did that when Jimmy uh, Graham was here, Goodness, that there would be nobody that could stop them in the red zone, but you never saw it. I mean, it was very few and far between where Russell just couldn't throw that deep, that little, that little jump pass, like you know you see in basketball. You know, go ahead and go up and get it. You know, six foot three guy over the five foot eleven defensive back. I mean, you know that's what we got to see with DK Metcalf. You know, if he does that, it's going to be almost impossible to stop Seattle in the red zone. And I'm really, really excited about that because that's where the the real wins come into play. Where you know you're not settling for these stupid little field goals. You're you're you know maximizing your offense because teams are trying to you know stop your run game. Which, by the way, with Chris Carson and that running back room is stacked. You know I like Homer, the 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 rookie from Miami University of Miami. I think he can really, uh you know, if he does well and stays healthy in the offseason and the preseason, you could see him take over that third down role and really give J.D. McKissick a run for his money because at the end of the day, the every roster spot is going to be maximized. And if you can get a, a guy like Homer, who's your third down back and can run back, you know, punt or... Uh, Either punt or kickoff returns, so you can release a guy like J.D. McKissick, who would only do one or the other, um, is in, is invaluable to this team. You know, any guy time you got a guy that can do a, be a hybrid, whether he's a linebacker, a defensive end that plays linebacker, or a defensive back that is also can play safety, that's important for this team because you know we could the team could stack um it's defensive line if i wanted to with more than just ziggy ansa and, and sue it can go out and get shane ray or uh, a defensive tackle mitchell you know they can get three or four new guys to rotate on that defensive line but if you don't have the roster spot because you've got uh you know single purpose you know players in there now you've got some trouble so, I, I think, uh, what I'm re- really going to be looking for in the, uh, preseason, especially is Homer, the running back, the, in, in kind of solidifying him as possibly a, uh, kickoff return man plus a third down back. And that way you, you again, you're solidifying your special teams and you got a guy that can run really, really hard on third down when it's like third and two and he can catch from uh you know out of the backfield which is of total importance for this team as well. So anyway, lots to talk about next week. Uh we'll get back into it. We'll talk we'll see what Seattle did after the May 7th deadline and hopefully they were able to solidify their defensive line and maybe even get a Jermaine Curse in there. You know, they've got a ton of cap space to be able to do at least three or four guys. And maybe one splash, um, you know, one splash guy in there, like with like Ziggy Ansah, um, who, according to John Clayton, won't be ready for, at the beginning of the season. He might miss two up to two games and be ready for week three, which is fine. I think that we, you know, Seattle can do well against Cincinnati and uh, get after you know their quarterback Dalton. And we'll see. It's going to be an interesting week this coming week, and. Um, Hope that you guys are doing well wherever you're at. Take good care of yourself and go Hawks.